1: we go episode 702 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Friday November 17th 2023 if you remember the Redskins epic run from three and six to ten and six to win the NFC East in the 2012 regular season you perhaps remember how that seven game winning streak started with Two NFC East wins in five days, a 31-6 round of the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field on November 18, 2012, then a 38-31 win at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving 2012. Well, the Commanders this Sunday have the first of two NFC East games in five days. Home to the New York Giants this Sunday afternoon at one, then at the Cowboys, This Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving afternoon at 4.30, winning both games would take the Commanders from 4-6 to 6-6 in this 2023 regular season. Could it be, might it be, that we are in store for two NFC East wins for our football team in five days. Or are things about to get even worse for the Commanders this season? Are the Bill Belichick rumors, the rumors that managing partner Josh Harris is going to make a run at New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick about to heat up even more? Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I read to you a portion of a text that I got from someone close to to the Josh Harris group, the hog, as as some call it Harris Ownership Group Hog. Uh, this text was completely unsolicited. I did not seek out this text, but I received this text. Quote: There is absolutely no truth to the commander's Belichick rumors. Josh and Mitch, as in limited partner, Mitchell Rails, are looking to build a solid foundation for the future. Not Chase or marked past glory, end quote. And I have to tell you, I was very happy to receive that text. Uh, Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach in NFL history, but what I want for the commander's next football operations regime is the next great thing, not the previously great thing. Coming up on the show, in-depth, commander's conversation and preview of their game against the Giants this Sunday afternoon. Next segment, I will talk commander's offense, including the latest on how running back Antonio Gibson is doing, and key comments from the pre-practice press conference of assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy early Thursday afternoon. Uh, Eric talked at length about quarterback Sam Howell, like 90% of the EB presser was about Sam, and Eric raved about Sam. Said a lot of good things. Also, Eric, with multiple answers, actually took us behind the scenes. I uh, Then will talk commander's defense of what defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio had to say during his pre-practice press conference on Thursday, including Jack not at all being shy about voicing his displeasure with the NFL regarding the ejection of corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. in the 29-26 loss at the Seattle Seahawks last Sunday, and Jack explaining how the commanders are missing safety Derek Forrest. Uh, I then will present to you rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion, and I will give you my prediction for the game as well. By the way, Jack Del Rio on Thursday made what I thought was a joke about the commanders trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young, but some are taking this as Jack expressing having been against the trades. Uh, here was the exchange, starting with a good friend of this podcast, commanders insider Ben Standing of the Athletic.
2: Obviously, with the uh, trades that you made, the you're your, uh, you some of your
1: younger defensive ends are going to have to step. The up. trade
3: that I made, or the, the teammate? Yeah, well,
1: maybe you did.
2: I don't
1: know. <laughs> um, Yeah, so if you watch or listen to these Jack Del Rio Thursday pre-practice press conferences, he actually can be playful. He can demonstrate a sense of humor. He actually seems to be doing more of that lately. I took what Jack said to Ben Standing there more as Jack making a joke about how much harder it is to coach his defense because it now is without Montez Sweat and Chase Young, as opposed to Jack, like, truly voicing his displeasure with the trades. But something to ponder. Uh, also on the show, college football, Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region, the games that I'll be discussing. Maryland home to number three, Michigan, Saturday at noon. James Madison home to Appalachian State, Saturday afternoon at 2. Liberty home to UMass Saturday afternoon at 1, Virginia Tech home to NC State Saturday afternoon at 3.30, Virginia home to Duke Saturday afternoon at 3, and Navy home to East Carolina Saturday at noon. Uh, Before we get to some feedback, college basketball on Thursday night, Virginia, wahoo-wah, it improved a 4-0 on the season with a 62-33 route of Texas Southern at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia on Thursday night. Next up for the Cavaliers are two games in the Fort Myers tip-off in Florida, a game this Monday evening, Wahoos versus Wisconsin, Monday evening at 6. You can hit me up on x at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Michael King on the intro music for this podcast that talked about the intro music in the opening segment of Thursday's show, episode 701, writes Mike, please never change the song, L. Uh, thank you, Mike. I hear you, my friend. Uh, yes, the song, As Bad As It Is, has become like family. And speaking of family, email from Jack L. about my three-year-old daughter. Uh-oh. Writes Jack, you had mentioned that for Halloween, your daughter wore a cheerleader outfit. Does that mean that she wore a number 99 commander's jersey? (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your daily podcast and congratulations on reaching 700. Uh, Thank you very much for that, Jack. You know, Chase Young was having a pretty good season uh, for the commanders. He rated among the uh, better edge defenders uh, in this NFL regular season in terms of pass rushing. But no, uh, my daughter did not wear a uh, commander's number 99 jersey, although... Uh, My daughter this past offseason attended the exact same amount of OTA practices as the uh, commander's number 99 did. Uh, That would be zero. Uh, Email from Dan in Minnesota writes, Dan, this is going to get dark, so I'll start with the good. Sam Howell has no quit in him. Hats off to that kid. He plays no matter what his team does to him. Jahan Dropson Jamison Crowder with his drop this past Sunday, just unacceptable drops. Can we just fire Ron Rivera already? I can't take another week of him playing dumb on all of his bad management and playing the but look how good Sam is card at every press conference. I only see one game left that I legitimately think that we have a chance in. That is this Sunday's game against the Giants. But the Giants already this season ate Ron's lunch with Shane Falco and the replacement. So this game is far From a guarantee. Start cleaning house. Take care, Al. Uh, Thank you, Dan. You too. You know, the expectation has been that uh, if/slash when the managing partner of the Commanders, Josh Harris, fires the head coach of the Commanders, Ron Rivera, that that will not happen until after this Commanders season. But I wonder if the Commanders suffer what would be a humiliating loss. To the Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon, and then get stomped at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and then have about a week and a half until the next game, which is a home game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon, December 3rd at 1. Could it be that Josh fires Ron after the Thanksgiving loss at the Cowboys? In other words, could this coming week be. The final week for Ron Rivera as commander's head coach. <laughs> and if Josh fired Ron on Thanksgiving, would Josh say to Ron, happy Thanksgiving? First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, yeah. would Josh Harris in firing Ron Rivera do as Josh's predecessor as lead commander's owner Dan Snyder did at, remember, the introductory press conference for Ron as Washington head coach, say, happy Thanksgiving. Would that not be the perfect bookend for Ron as Washington head coach? The tenure would have started with Ron's boss saying, happy Thanksgiving, and the tenure would have ended with Ron's boss saying, happy Thanksgiving. Well, we hope that what is always happening in your life are happy things, but uh, if you feel that you have been wronged, if you think that you have been wronged but aren't sure, call the law firm of Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., In West Virginia, Paulson and Nace provides passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars. For the second injured. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's best law firms 2024 edition. But how about this by Paulson and Nace? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow, totaling a hundred. $32 million. Yes, Paulson and NACE has taken on Big Pharma and won. Heck, Paulson and NACE has taken on the U.S. government and won. Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and NACE won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. If you have a case, contact Paulson and NACE. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611, and when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Hey, five-star ratings and positive reviews of the podcast help us out a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two. And thank you very much for doing the ratings and the reviews. So... No team in the NFL has a worse divisional record this regular season than the Commanders have. Uh, they are 0-3 in the NFC East, 4-6 overall. They try to improve on those marks with a game against the 2-8 and New York Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Next segment, we talk Commanders defense. Right now, Commanders offense, the Commanders injury report for Thursday afternoon's practice, listed four offensive players. The biggest concern right now is running back Antonio Gibson. He on Thursday. Thursday. Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day, this due to a toe problem. Uh, Gibson has a history of toe trouble. Uh, Also, fullback slash tight end Alex Arma, he on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day, this due to a hamstring injury that he suffered in the 29-26 loss at the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. Uh, Receiver Curtis Samuel on Thursday was a limited participant in practice for a second consecutive day due to his toe issue. And center Tyler Larson Did not practice on Thursday afternoon, but that was due to him getting a veteran's rest day. Uh, The Giants injury report remains super long, 15 players long to be precise. In terms of the Giants' defense, two items that stand out, corner Adoree Jackson, he on Thursday did not practice for a second consecutive day as he is in concussion protocol. And edge defender Kayvon Thibodeau, he on Thursday was a limited participant in practice. This off him not practicing on Wednesday. He too is in concussion protocol. Commanders, assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, Eric B. Enemy. he on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference. It started shortly after 12 p.m. Uh, rave reviews lately for the job that Eric is doing in developing quarterback Sam Howell, and the reviews are justified. Uh, this was Eric on Thursday afternoon on the development of
2: Sam. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been growth Every single week throughout the entire season. I know sometimes things look bad, but the thing that he does, he makes sure that he corrects the mistakes that he's making. I thought the kid, he's doing a heck of a job. He's competing. Uh, he's finding ways to make plays. But on top of that, he's taking coaching. He's fine-tuning all the little detailed things that's helping him to become a better football player. And we just hope that he continues to grow in that with that uh, that arrow moving in the right direction.
1: Lots of praise for Sam Howell from Eric Bieniemy right there. "Quote: He's doing a heck of a job." End quote. "Quote: He's taking coaching." End quote. Now, Eric on Thursday afternoon was asked what we like to call a loaded question. <laughs> uh, he was asked if he has seen enough from Sam Howell to declare that Sam can be the commander's starting quarterback for years to come this was a roundabout way of asking if eric has seen enough from sam to declare him a franchise quarterback uh yes that which we have all been talking about eric got asked that uh here was eric's answer
2: you know what it, it, and, and i'll make sure i answer this the right way every day is a new day okay Every day I'm more impressed by the person. I'm impressed by the kid. And so my job is to make sure I'm living in this moment. I can't tell you what's going to take place, just like you said, down the line. But I do know this. The kid has the work ethic. He has the attitude and the, mind, and the mindset that's taking him in the right direction. He just needs to stay who he is, remain who he is, humble. Uh, a hardworking kid that doesn't take anything for granted, that understands that, hey, you know what? Every little thing that he learns is by far the most important to help him to be the best player and person that he can be on the field and off the field. So I think if he's utilizing this same uh, uh, work ethic and his family values, he's he'll be all right when it's all said and done with
1: A very good answer by Eric the Enemy right there. The last thing that Eric needed to do was make some grand proclamation about Sam Howell. Uh, That would not have done Sam any good. That would not have done Eric any good that would not have done anyone on the team any good. So Eric proclaimed nothing, but was very positive about Sam. So well done, Eric. Uh, Things were not so positive for Sam and the Commanders offense in the first game against the Giants this season. The 14-7 loss at the Giants in Week 7. Sam for that game had a total QBR per ESPN of just 21.1. The Commanders in that game scored just one touchdown when a woeful one of 15 on third downs uh, went just 1 of 3 in the red zone and allowed 6 sacks as the team got worked by Giants defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale. Uh this was a bad game for Eric Bieniemy. He got worked by Wink. Uh, this is Wink Martindale's second season as Giants defensive coordinator. He was the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator for the 2018 through 2021 seasons. Wink Martindale is notorious for calling a lot of blitzes. Uh, Eric, on Thursday afternoon, on if he's looking forward to seeing how Sam Howell handles his second game against a Wink Martindale coordinated defense.
2: You know what, I think uh, Sam has done a great job. Obviously he played against a team with the New England Patriots who presented a lot of the issues Uh, Obviously Philly presents a lot of issues Um, There's been a number of teams that he's faced that's (laughs) presented different challenges Now, obviously with Wink, I've known Wink for a long time. He is who he is Obviously our guys need to respond and more than anything, our guys just need to remain poised under pressure because Wink is not going to change who he is we need to make sure that the communication is, it's, is in line. Then, on top of that, when called upon to execute, do your job to the best of your ability. And if we're doing that, we'll give ourselves a chance. It's not necessarily about what Wink's doing, okay? It's about how we're gonna attack, how we respond, and how we handle, all right, by calming the noise.
1: Well, the commanders certainly have calmed their sack problem. Uh, has it been fixed? Is it over? Uh, Sam Howell, over the last three games, has taken just seven sacks. This off him over the Commander's first seven games of this regular season, having taken 40 sacks. Eric enemy on Thursday afternoon on why the team lately has been so much better at not allowing sacks.
2: You know, and, and I, I'll keep saying this. We're growing together as an offense. I think the communication has been outstanding. You know, I love sitting behind the O-line and, and watching these guys talk about the different things that come up. Um, I, I I absolutely love that because, and I'll say this, and I, I've, I know I sound like a broken record, but communication is the key to any successful relationship. The O-line, they have to stay in constant communication. So when they're in communication, I know things are changing because now they're talking about certain issues that needs to be fixed and how are we are going to do it. And so when they're doing that, that becomes infectious behavior because now it ain't just the old line talking. Now these guys are talking to the quarterback. Now these guys are talking to the backs and the tight ends and the receivers. And so that's paying off. And that's, like I said, those are the things that help build the chemistry that is needed to become a great team. And so, like I said, we're growing. We're growing. We just need to take the next step.
1: Well, the low point for the Commanders with their sack problem uh, was that loss at the Giants in Week 7. The Commanders in that game allowed six sacks in what was, remember, a third consecutive game in which the Commanders gave up a bunch of sacks to a team that had been really bad at generating sacks this season. Also in that game was the Commanders having major problems with protection calls, uh, resulting in the benching of Nick Gates in favor of Tyler Larson as the team's starting center. Eric Biennemi on Thursday afternoon on if you've seen growth from Sam Howell in setting the offensive line before plays, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commanders insider J.P. Finley of NBC4.
2: Oh yeah. I think each and every week, I mean, his, his play has been better. His overall communication has been better. Um, I think everything is settling down for him and not to say he's, he's there, but he's, he's slowing the game down. He's learning how to process the information and translate exactly what he's seeing in the classroom and allowing that process to translate over to the field. And so you can see that growth. Now, You can always tell, I know I can, (laughs) when something is quite not right, there's something that he does, and I'm not going to share with you guys, but you can see it, and so then you talk him through it, and then he hits the reset button, and he auto-corrects, but he's doing a great job of communicating, he's doing a great job of processing the information, and he's doing a great job of leading the guys, and so... He just needs to continue being himself and you know what if he continues obviously um you know the the sky can be the limit Sure you don't want to tell us what that is No not at all <laughs> All right. What
1: about the Commander's New Look Offensive Line, which came right after that loss at the Giants in Week 7? Tyler Larson over a bench, Nick Gates at center. Chris Paul over an injured Sadiq Charles at left guard. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on the Commander's New Look Offensive Line.
2: I think the new group is doing a good. Uh, they're doing a great job. Obviously, uh, sometimes without no bad luck, you wouldn't have any good luck at all. And sometimes unfortunate things happen. Um, you know, that experience in New York happened for a reason. And so it's made us a better team, a better unit. Now, obviously, we haven't shown it in the win-loss column, but we're growing, okay? Like I said, the things that we're taking, the necessary steps, it's the communication aspect. I'm seeing these guys hanging together in the locker room talking about all the little things that can take place on game day. You know, when guys are coaching each other, and talking about different things, that's when you know that you're coming together as a unit. And so the chemistry is developing and it's translating onto the field. We just need to make sure that we can create our own luck by learning how to strain throughout the course of a 60 minute game. On top of that, making sure that we understand the importance of finishing. And so once we can get over that hump, I think, like I said, we can do whatever we choose and decide to because, first and foremost, we got a great group of young men. Second of all, there is talent, and everybody has talent, but now we just need to turn that light on and find a way to drag our ass across the finish line when it's all said and done with
1: yeah, I tell you, uh, a whole lot of cliches and go-to phrases by Eric Bienemy right there. If you during that cut took a shot every time Eric in that answer used a cliche or a go-to phrase, you by the end of the cut would be in a hospital, okay? Uh, Eric Bienemy at these weekly Thursday press conferences has usually given long, cliche-filled generic answers, no doubt. But he, on Thursday afternoon, did pull back the curtain a bit. Uh, This was Eric on the interaction between himself and Sam Howell during a game week. You
2: know what? Throughout the course of the week, it's me dealing with everyone. I try and let the coaches coach because I want them to have their input I'm pretty much overseeing everything. But every Friday, we spend a, an enormous amount of time uh, going through the call sheet and just talking about situations and what do we like in this particular situation? What if this happens? And uh, that's always a great conversation that, w- that we have. And so that's when I get to really spend that intimate time. Now, throughout the course of the week, if there's something that, that needs to be discussed, we're, we're always open to, to talking. And obviously, we spend a lot of time... We sit next to each other (laughs) in the install room when I'm not installing. On top of that, you know, I'm always talking to him on the headset. So there's, there's constant communication. So the kid is a great kid. I'll keep saying that. And obviously he's done a tremendous job so far. But, you know, we still got a lot of season left and we want to continue to grow in the right direction.
1: Uh, I like that. I like Eric giving us some uh, behind the scenes intel right there. Hey, if you are looking for an amazing Washington Commanders fan community to be a part of, to placate your burgundy and gold obsession, uh, make bgobsession.com your Washington football fan destination. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. uh, BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. So what are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at BGObsession.com, home to your burgundy and gold obsession. Uh, here was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on what he has learned about Sam Howell in interacting with him in the lead-ups to games.
2: <laughs> I know he likes to throw the ball deep. <laughs> so, uh, and I joke and I laugh about that because I know um, at some point in time, somebody's going to ask me a question about running the football. So I, I always receive my annual text message from Brad Childress about running the ball. So, if you guys don't know him, Brad Childress, former coach, he was the uh, head coach in Minnesota when I was there coaching the running backs. We also coached in Kansas City for a number of years. Great man, great coach. Uh, he made me a, a personalized hat that says, run the damn ball. And uh, because I used to wear him out, and I used to wear Coach Reed out, and so now I've come become a product of what they've made me into. So, but uh, uh, I just shake my head. <laughs> but the thing that I've learned, you know, you know, just just working with him is is just watching the growth. The thing that I love about him, he's a quiet, humble, resilient kid. He never lets he, and And I've said this before. He never gets too high. He never gets too down. Uh, he's more even keel than what you can ever imagine uh he hates to lose he hates to be wrong but he's never going to let you see that frustration come out in him and so he's in fact he'll be a great poker player you know but uh i'm enjoying the kid and like i said the kid and i keep calling him a kid i know he's a young man but the kid has some stuff to him and uh, i love what he brings to the table on and off the field
1: so more praise for Sam Howell from Eric Bieniemy. But regarding the Brad Childress thing earlier in the cut, it's funny to me <laughs> how at basically all of these Eric Bieniemy weekly Thursday press conferences now, he is compelled to apologize for or explain or acknowledge, not calling more running plays. Uh, Eric, you don't need to apologize, man. You don't need to explain. What you're doing is working. The pass-heavy approach, A, has sped up the development of Sam Howell, and B, has Washington on pace to have its highest yards per play ranking since 2017. The Commanders for this regular season through Week 10 ranked 16th out of 32 NFL teams in yards per play. Washington has not finished a regular season higher than 22nd in the NFL in yards per play since 2017. But this questioning of Eric for not calling more running plays (laughs) continues. Uh, Eric on Thursday afternoon on if there are times in which he says to himself that he should have called more runs.
2: Oh, yeah. And so first of all, just like we evaluate every player, we, I'm always evaluating myself. Uh, one of the hardest things that you do as an offensive coordinator is go back and, and, and watch the game, not just from a standpoint of who did what assignment the right way. Well, did I put us in the right situation in this particular moment? You know, what could I have called different? Uh, what are some of the things that we could have done uh, that could have helped change the outcome uh, of the game. So you're always taking note on self-first. You want to make sure that you're looking internally and making sure that you're doing the right thing and then making sure if there are mistakes that you can improve upon, you know, what are those things? Each and every week I always have our guys write up, if we had to play this team again, what are the three things as a positional coach that you would do differently? And I do that myself as an offensive coordinator. What are the three things that I would do differently as a coordinator to put us in the best situations?
1: That was another good behind-the-scenes nugget from Eric Biennemi, that he and his position coaches each week write up three things that they should have done differently. I like that. I should do that after every episode of this podcast, write up three things that I should have done differently. I probably could write up 15 things that (laughs) I should have done differently. Uh, Now, we, a few minutes ago, heard Eric reference Sam Howell essentially having a poker face. Uh, Eric, on Thursday afternoon, got asked what it's like coaching a quarterback whose emotions may not always be clear well it,
2: it you know it ain't so much that I can't tell I know how he's feeling he just facial expression wise it's not going to show and there are some times when I'm getting on him and but he's he's a good kid and and like I said, anytime something bad happens I have to remind myself I got to stop and pause and say you know what this is probably the first time that has happened to him you know just like I mean I thought he did a hell of a job of breaking that run he's out in the middle of the field he's running I mean he he's doing everything he can to help us to win poor kid gets held up and they take the ball from him you know obviously I'm hot I'm upset but I realize you know what this is the first time that it's happened to him so do you want him to stop making plays nah. you want to encourage him to be himself and to continue bringing out that competitor in him because that's the fire and that's the passion that we want but now he just needs to learn how to finish it without the turnover and so i mean the kids doing a hell of a job
1: Uh, that line says a lot. Uh, But regarding the lost fumble that Eric Biennemi referenced, uh, Sam Howell's third quarter lost fumble and the loss at the Seahawks this past Sunday. So that lost fumble did come on a 15-yard run. Uh, That was a 15-yard shotgun read option run. Sam is producing as a ball carrier. Uh, He, for this regular season, has 31 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown. 11 of his 31 carries have been for first downs, thirty-five point five percent of Sam's rush attempts have resulted in first downs. Uh, also from Sam, and the loss at the Seahawks was the great touchdown pass to running back Brian Robinson Jr. Fourth offensive snap of the game, first quarter, second and eight for the Commanders at their forty-nine. Uh, Sam on an off schedule play took the shotgun snap, looked right, scrambled left, and then with pressure coming, got the ball to Brian Robinson near the left sideline, and Robinson sprinted for. 43 yards after the catch for a 51-yard touchdown reception. Eric, the on Thursday afternoon on if that touchdown pass to Brian Robinson was an example of growth from Sam Howell.
2: Uh, that's purely an example. Not only growth from him, but also growth from Brian. Because first and foremost, When things go wrong, we got to find a way to make a play. And we're always telling, uh, Sam to keep his eyes downfield. All right. And then there's hot spots that we're trying to hit when those scramble drills are, are taking place. I thought they both did a great job of connecting. I mean, that's just the chemistry that they're starting to develop. And, you know, now it's just not us talking about it. It's them making it happen and seeing it come to light. And so those are the things that you, that you love because there's growth. But now we gotta take it to another level. We have to learn to sustain. We have to learn to to finish when it's all said and done with.
1: Well, we just heard Eric Bienemy talk about the commanders needing to take their offense to another level. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia or Washington DC, put BMC insurance to work for you to take how you do insurance for your employees to another level. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. Uh, These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com and you'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people like Matt Brooks who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see... BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link and BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent ya. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent ya. We now talk Commanders defense in preparation for their game against the New York Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. The Commanders defense may not be good, but it is mostly healthy. Uh, so we do have that. Uh, the Commanders injury report for Thursday listed just two defensive players. Edge defender James Smith Williams did not practice on Thursday for a second consecutive day. This is due to a hamstring injury that he suffered in the 29-26 loss at the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. And corner Benjamin St. Juice was a full participant in practice on Thursday afternoon, Uh, this off not practicing on Wednesday afternoon due to illness. But otherwise, the commander's defense is very healthy, given that this is week 11 of the season. And remember, the commanders have yet to have their bye week for this season. Uh, Washington in the 2020 season, what was Jack Del Rio's first season as the team's defensive coordinator, had a very good defense, in part because the team faced a number of backup slash bad quarterbacks. Now, Washington's defense in the 2020 season was good, but there's no doubt that the defense's stats for that season were aided by playing a collection of quarterbacks who included, uh, well, uh, future Commander Carson Wentz, uh, who in the 2020 season had a horrendous season for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, then Washington, in its win at the Eagles in Week 17 to win the NFC East, uh, saw the Eagles strategically uh, bench quarterback Jalen Hurts in favor of the former Redskins. Nate Sudfeld, but we also had Ben Deducci, then of the Dallas Cowboys, Ryan Finley, then of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Nick Mullins, then of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, the quarterback who the commanders will be facing this Sunday afternoon, Tommy DeVito, he fits right in with that murderer's row of opposing quarterbacks from the 2020 season, right? Uh, the Giants' top two quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and the Virginia Tech product, Tyrod Taylor, Ron the team's reserve injured list. And so Tommy DeVito now is the man. Uh, Undrafted rookie out of Illinois. He, over his three games this regular season, has a total QBR per ESPN of 11.8. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. DeVito's total QBR 11.8. And oh, by the way, DeVito is not 100%. He's been dealing with a left shoulder injury, uh, although he for Thursday was a full participant in practice of having been a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. Uh, The commander's defense is really bad, no doubt. Uh, The commanders for this regular season through week 10 were 30th out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA. But the Giants' offense is really bad. The Giants, for this regular season through Week 10, were dead last in the NFL in total offense per DVOA. And now Tommy DeVito is the team's starting quarterback. Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference. It started shortly before 12 p.m. This was Jack on What He Sees from Tommy DeVito
3: uh athletic guy they're running their offense um he's got the ability to throw it run um and it looks like they're they're not really handcuffing him They're looks like they're trying to run their offense
1: yeah that answer from jack del rio was your classic i don't want to say it but we should have our way with this guy kind of answer. Uh, The Commander's defense in the 14-7 loss at the Giants in Week 7 certainly had problems, but did play well enough to win. You give up just 14 points, you should win. The biggest issue for the defense was it allowing Tyrod Taylor uh, to throw for 279 yards on just 29 pass attempts. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of 9.62, but Neither Tyrod nor perennial Washington killer, perennial Washington slayer Daniel Jones uh, is playing on Sunday afternoon. Tommy DeVito is. Uh, also for the commander's defense in that loss at the Giants in week seven was the commander stopping the run. They held Giants running back Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida to combine 24 carries for 81 yards. That works out to a yards per carry of just Saquon Barkley continues to deal with an ailing ankle. He has been a limited participant in each of the Giants' two practices so far this week. He also has dealt with a Giants offensive line that has been ripped by injury. But Saquon, over seven games this regular season, does have 568 rushing yards. He's averaging 4.09 yards per carry. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the importance of the commanders on Sunday afternoon doing a good job against Saquon Barkley.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, when you're playing Saquon Barkley, it's always imperative that you find a way to stop the run. So it, it starts there. You know, he, I think he's a great player, uh, really gifted. Um, they, they, their, their line is healthier than it's been in a long time. Uh, you know, Bobby Johnson, uh, I worked with Bobby in, in Oakland. Uh, I think he's a terrific coach. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I, think, I think we'll have, you know, have our challenges you know, right in front of us.
1: By the way, regarding the Giants offensive line, the Giants in their 49-17 loss at the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday allowed a pressure rate for pro football focus of 43.6%. A 43.6% pressure rate allowed by the Giants to the Cowboys. That is staggering. Uh, the Commanders' run defense in the loss at the Giants in Week 7 included a big red zone takeaway, interior defensive lineman Duran Payne a fourth-quarter forced fumble that he recovered. Uh, on a first-and-goal for the Giants at the 10, Duran forced a fumble by Saquon Barkley on an under-center handoff run on which Duran and fellow interior defensive lineman John Ridgway combined for the tackle. and. Duran recovered the fumble. Ah, yes, Duran Payne, one of the few big plays (laughs) that he has made this season. Uh, The topic of how the Commander's Top two interior defensive linemen Jonathan Allen and Deron Painter doing this season has become a big topic in recent days. I, on Thursday show, episode 701, took you through some telling stats for John and Deron this season. Uh, the big one is pass rush win rate. If you go by the ESPN pass rush win rate metric, which is based on player tracking data from the NFL's next-gen stats, John, for the 2022 regular season, ranked number nine among all qualified defensive tackles in the NFL in pass rush win rate. But John, for this regular season, through week 10, ranked number 26. Duran, he for the 2022 regular season, ranked number 12 among all qualified defensive tackles in the NFL in pass rush win rate. But he for this regular season, through week 10, ranked number 42. Uh, Something that I did not mention on Thursday's show, sacks. Uh, Because sacks can be flukish, but they, of course, are not meaningless. Uh, John and Duran last regular season combined for 19 sacks. John and Duran this regular season have combined for just five sacks. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the seasons that John Allen and Duran Payne are having, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN.
3: I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't like to sit up here and, and, uh, and grade for you guys, um, but, you know, they're, they're two really good players, and they're playing well.
4: I'm sorry, can, if I could follow up on that. Because some, some of you, when you look at some of the numbers, I guess, the pressure rates and all that, not as strong as last year. So where do you feel they're still making that impact?
3: Yeah, no, they're just, i watch tape with you if you'd like. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good players, and, uh, and they're having a good, strong year for us.
1: Yeah, so Jack Del Rio either doesn't believe that John Allen and Deron Payne are having down seasons or believes that those guys are having down seasons, but just doesn't want to say that those guys are having down seasons. As you may recall, head coach Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon was asked about the seasons that John and Deron are having, and uh, Ron was not critical of John's and Deron's seasons. You know, it doesn't have to be that Ron and Jack publicly blast John and Duran. In fact, coaches publicly criticizing players is usually not the way to go. And there is nuance to what's happening with John and Duran. Like as run defenders, they've been fine, but as pass rushers, they have not been what they have been and what they are paid to be. The commanders need more from John Allen and Duran Payne. Uh, The commanders also need more from the man on whom they spent the number 16 overall pick, In the 2023 NFL Draft corner, Emmanuel Forbes Jr. Uh, He is back to playing off having been benched, uh, although he, in the loss at the Seahawks uh, this past Sunday, barely played. Due to getting ejected, uh, Forbes played on just 6% of the commander's defensive snaps the Seahawks first offensive drive resulted in kicker Jason Myers first quarter 45-yard field goal the seventh snap of the drive on a second and 14 for the Seahawks at the commander's 45 Emmanuel Forbes committed a 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty for a helmet to helmet hit on receiver Tyler Lockett on what was an incompletion and then Forbes uh, stunningly was ejected from the game, the consensus opinion, and it's one that I agree with, is penalty fine ejection uncalled for. Ejection out of nowhere. Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the ejection of Emmanuel Forbes, and then you'll hear follow-up exchanges with Commander's Insiders, Nikki Javala and Sam Fortier of the Washington Post.
3: Uh, the, the, the penalty, I understood. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, it was a deserving of a, of a penalty, um, but... The ejection, <laughs> uh, for a first-time offense, you know, on play six or whatever it was of the game, that was shocking. And, and, and the fact that he wasn't ejected by the officials on the field, he was ejected by somebody sitting in an, in an air-conditioned room in New York. And that's troubling. I think that's troubling for the league. But that's, they're going to have to work that out. But that's not a good look. You know, I, I, I don't think that's healthy for the league to have those type of things happen. Uh, you know, Emmanuel, uh, young player, good player. He's not a guy that's, like, notoriously known for, like, headhunting people or stuff like that. So I, I, I did not think it was warranted. It uh, wasn't my call, obviously. When yeah.
4: something like that happens, do you have any conversations with folks in the league, or do
3: you kind of leave that to run? No, I leave that to I leave that to run. Yeah. Have you ever had a player ejected by New York? Never.
1: Yeah, the New York thing is odd. The referee for the game, Alex Kemp, uh, he after the game told Nicky Javala, who served as a pool reporter in speaking to Kemp, that the ejection of Forbes was done with the assistance of New York, i.e. the NFL's league office in New York City, Uh, a commander's corner who did play a lot in the loss at the Seahawks was Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, he played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. and He, in the fourth quarter, had a nightmare of a drive. The commander's defense on the Seahawks' 11th offensive drive imploded with three costly penalties, two of which were by the Juice. Uh, the drive resulted in quarterback Geno Smith's second-at-goal five-yard shotgun sprint-out touchdown pass to receiver Tyler Lockett with 3.47 left in the fourth quarter. Lockett, on the play, beat Benjamin St. Juice, 8th uh, snap of the drive on a 4th and 5 for the Seahawks at the Commanders' 39. St. Juice committed a 6-yard defensive pass interference penalty in covering receiver D.K. Metcalf. And the 11th snap of the drive on a 1st and 10 for the Seahawks at the Commanders' 12. St. Juice committed a 4-yard face mask penalty in tackling running back Kenneth Walker III on a 4-yard under center handoff run jack del rio on thursday on if opposing teams this season are challenging benjamin st juice more often
3: well you have to go somewhere uh, you know kendall's kendall's a pretty wily veteran so you know quarterbacks kind of learn to be careful around him uh so benjamin's going to get opportunities you know and you know we just want him to continue to compete and, and and work his butt off and you know he's he does a lot for us inside outside you know that you know, the week last week, his preparation was altered because Emmanuel got ejected, and you know a lot of things changed. And um, and so, you know, but that's that's life in the NFL. That's life in in a big city. Got got to go to work, man. And uh, and he was called on to do a little more, and it was you know it was a little bit awkward. Um, uh, but I I I think he's a. I think he's a really good, solid football player that is capable of playing even better. And uh, we just want him to continue to compete and stay strong and keep working.
1: Well, Benjamin St. Juice for this regular season has an overall grade for pro football focus of 67.1. Kendall Fuller for this regular season has an overall grade for pro football focus of 81.5. PFF grades on a scale Of 0 to 100. While we're talking about the commander's secondary, we during Jack Del Rio's pre-practice press conference on Thursday had a perhaps telling exchange. So the commanders remain without safety Derek Forrest. Uh, He has been on the reserve injured list since October 10th due to a shoulder injury that he suffered in the 40-20 loss to the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday night football in week five. Uh, What a great night that was. Uh, Forrest being out has meant a lot more playing time for safety, Percy Butler, and to a lesser extent, defensive back Quan Martin. Jack on Thursday got asked how Percy and other safeties have done in the absence of Derek Forrest. And (laughs) Jack, instead of talking about Percy and other safeties, lamented being without Derek Forrest. Uh, maybe Jack misunderstood the question. Maybe Jack had uh, nothing nice to say about Percy and other safeties. Uh, maybe Jack just felt like venting about being without Derek Forrest for more than a month now. Uh, but here was the exchange in its entirety, beginning with the question from Nikki Javala. How do you feel, guys,
2: like Percy
3: and the other safeties in the room have stepped up with Derek Forrest's absence? We miss Defoe. Uh, he, he was tremendous with his energy, and the, and he was really... Um, a guy that came out of the back end and secured a lot of tackles, capped a lot of plays that we've had a couple get away that Defoe would normally cap, and uh, and so we, we we missed that element. Um, and but we we've got to improve with the guys we have at getting that part done, and um, and, and we're working at it. You know, I mean, so but I, we do miss Defoe. You know, he's got great energy.
1: Yeah. So uh, Jack Del Rio missing himself some Derek Forrest. Now, the truth is that Derek Forrest, prior to the injury, was not having a great season, but he was a very good player for the Commanders last season. And Jack saying that Derek secured a lot of tackles and capped a lot of plays, that certainly seemed to be a reference to Percy Butler's missed tackle on the third quarter 64-yard touchdown reception by Kenneth Walker III. This past Sunday on a third quarter, first and 10 for the Seahawks at their 36, the commanders gave up a 64 yard under center play action touchdown pass by Geno Smith to Kenneth Walker on a short pass on which corner Danny Johnson stumbled and Walker blew through an attempted tackle by Percy Butler and generating 64 yards after the catch. Uh, One more for you from Jack Del Rio. He late in his pre-practice press conference on Thursday, got asked about the number one topic with the Commanders right now, quarterback Sam Howell. This was Jack on Sam. I, I
3: kind of unflappable, you know. Um, certainly tough, and uh, I think he's got great arm talent. I think I think he can, I think he can layer the ball. I think he can throw the deep ball. I think he can throw a touch. Um, you know, so he. He, he's a good player. I mean, I, you know, he's doing a nice job. I'm excited about the way he's trending. You know, for for us, you know, right now, and and certainly for for him and his future.
1: Well, Jack Del Rio was the Denver Broncos' defensive coordinator for the 2012 through 2014 seasons. So the Broncos, during that time, had Peyton Manning as their QB one. Uh, not that Sam Howell is Peyton Manning. Uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, while we wait for Sam Howell to become Peyton Manning, the GameTime app is offering all kinds of great deals. GameTime on Thursday had some excellent deals on tickets to Commander's Giants. Uh, when it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets. It has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry if you're truly going about it getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. Uh, Also, game time is the app For last minute ticket deals, you don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country find out why get the tickets without the stress with game time which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast here's what you do download the game time app create an account and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase terms apply but download the game time app create an account and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code AlGaldi. Game Time. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data you need indeed.
1: Well, Washington since the start of the nineteen ninety-three season is a woeful nine, twenty-one and one in games at the New York Giants. Uh Washington since the start of the two thousand six season is a woeful five and twelve in games against the Giants at FedEx Field. On the road at home, it don't matter. <laughs> uh Washington has been owned by the Giants for way too long. And so When it comes to Commander's Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1, yes, the Giants are having a terrible season. Yes, the Giants are an injury-ravaged mess, but none of that guarantees anything. We all saw that in the Commander's 14-7 loss at the Giants in Week 7. And so what to expect in this Week 11 of the NFL's 2023 regular season? The 4-6 Commanders versus the 2-8 Giants. uh, My friends, it is that time, the time to rhyme. It is time for rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Uh, Oh, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. They are not good. I promise you that. Uh, They are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment the worse the rhyme, the better the time. And so here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one. This is for the commander's defensive line. Torpedo DeVito. (laughs) The Giants starting quarterback now, Tommy DeVito, undrafted rookie, out of Illinois. He, over his three games this regular season, has a sack percentage of 19.4. He has taken 13 sacks. He has been a sitting duck. Now, Tommy DeVito is in a near impossible situation, uh, and he is playing behind an offensive line that has been wrecked by injury. The Commanders since trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young have played two games. The team over those two games has just one sack and just six quarterback hits. If the Commanders' pass rush Is going to get going. This is the game in which the pass rush should get going. And the time absolutely has come for the Commanders' top two interior defensive linemen, Jonathan Allen and Daron Payne, to get going in terms of pass rushing production. Rhyming key number one this for the Commanders' defensive line Torpedo DeVito. Rhyming key for Commanders' Giants number two this is for Commanders' quarterback Sam Howell and Commanders' receivers. Test Banks, because he stanks. (laughs) Uh, Giants corner Deontay Banks, a product of my college, Maryland. Uh, The Giants took Deontay Banks with the number 24 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. You know, a lot is being asked of Deontay Banks. He is routinely covering opposing teams' top receivers, uh, but the results have uh, not been good. Uh, Banks, for this regular season, for pro football focus, has an overall grade of just 43.9. That is hideous. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Banks, over the last four weeks per PFF, has given up 393 receiving yards, most in the NFL in that span. And then there are the penalties. Banks, this regular season, has committed eight penalties. Now, only four have been accepted, but he has committed three defensive pass interference penalties, three illegal contact penalties, and two defensive holding penalties. Deontay Banks could turn out to be a very good corner, but he, for now, is learning, and he, at least for now, can be exploited. And so the likes of Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, and Curtis Samuel hopefully can do uh, some of that exploiting. Uh, Rhyming key number two, this for Sam Howell, and commanders, receivers, test Banks. Cause he stanks! <laughs> and rhyming key for Commander's Giants number three. This is for Sam Howell and assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric enemy Against the blitz of Wink, do not be afraid to dink. As in Dink and Dunk. Uh the Giants defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale. He is known for blitzing. Uh, this is his second season. As Giants defensive coordinator, the Giants for this regular season through week 10 per sport radar had the second highest blitz percentage in the NFL, 42.3. The Giants for last regular season per sport radar had the highest blitz percentage in the NFL, 39.7. Well, the good news is that Sam Howell has been thriving against the Blitz. Sam over the commander's last three games against the Blitz is 25 of 32 passing per Sharpfootballanalysis.com. We all know that Wink Martindale's schemed up pressures were not handled well by the commanders and their loss at the Giants in week seven. Sam Hell in that game took six sacks, but the commanders over the last three games have been much better at avoiding sacks, just seven total sacks allowed. And the reason for that is the quick game that Eric the enemy has been employing for Sam. Consider what happened in the 29-26 loss at the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. Sam in that game. For sharp football analysis, threw 34.1% of his passes behind the line of scrimmage, his highest such rate in a game this regular season. Throwing short, dinking and dunking, being a game manager, uh, that's okay. We don't have to worry about Sam being afraid to throw downfield. He has proven that he isn't afraid to throw downfield, and he has proven that he can throw Downfield, but throwing short can be just fine too, especially with commander's pass catchers finally starting to excel in the department of yak. Yards after catch, some great yak in that loss at the Seahawks by running backs Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson and tight ends Logan Thomas and John Bates. And so rhyming key number three. This for Sam Howell and Eric Bienemy against the blitz of wink. Do not be afraid. To dink. <laughs> All right, it is prediction time. The Commanders per Crab Sports minus nine and a half, a sizable point spread for a game between two teams with losing records. But the Giants, of course, have been a special kind of bad this season, uh, just not against the Commanders. <laughs> uh, but public money is heavily on the Giants. Uh, that line does seem high and does seem to be begging you to take the G Men. Uh, and so, for that reason, I am taking the Seamen, the Commanders. Wait a second! Did I just say Seamen? Uh, I meant letter C dash Men. Anyway, I'm taking the Commanders. Okay, our team <laughs> almost never wins in decisive fashion. I am calling for yes, a decisive Commanders win, an actual, real life decisive Commanders win. Uh, that's some one score win, a win in which the margin of victory is more then one score. Hey, there's another rhyme, Uh, but final score, Commanders 27, Giants 13, Sam Howell, three touchdown passes. And time now for my underdog fantasy plays. For this game, uh, Underdog Fantasy is offering a special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast: a deposit match of up to a hundred dollars for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi. My last name G A L D I. Galdi. Galdi. Uh, one of the best aspects of Underdog Fantasy is its higher lower plays. I have two higher lower plays for Commanders Giants. The higher lower total for completions for Sam Howell is twenty three. Uh, I love the higher on that one. As Creed asked many years ago, can you take me higher? Uh, I will go higher on Sam Howell having 23 completions. And a higher lower total for tackles for linebacker Jamin Davis is eight. Uh, I'm going to go higher on that. Jamin is doing some good things. He in the loss at the Seahawks had a team high 11 tackles, including two tackles for loss. I will go Jamin Davis higher than eight total tackles. So Sam Howell, higher than 23 completions, and Jamin Davis, higher than eight total tackles. And all of this is through Underdog Fantasy. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering a special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi. Up next, a jam packed Goldilocks. Uh, My college football previews and picks against the spreads for the teams of the Mid Atlantic region. Uh, The college football regular season is winding down Thanksgiving next week. And hey, our friends at Manscaped want to make it so that your grooming struggles are not a topic at the Thanksgiving table. Uh, The Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is a revolutionary personal trimmer that will give you the ultimate below the waist. Grooming experience. Uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, let the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra gobble gobble whatever you want eliminated below the waist. And you can have the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra via a great deal. Manscaped is hooking up listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code Galdi, and get 20% off plus free shipping. The Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is the best below the waist electric shaver ever. The Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra features skin safe blade heads so that you avoid nicks and cuts. The Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra features an LED spotlight so that you don't miss a spot, even in uh, shall we say low tight situations. And the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is waterproof so you can groom wet or dry. Also, you can get the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is part of Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which also includes the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, uh, Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, and two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. Uh, Manscaped products are great. They also make for great gifts, but take advantage of what Manscaped is offering to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Galdi, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi, for 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code Galdi, for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. Now to college football. Now to Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Uh, Well, this is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV area teams. In fact, if you go to CrabSports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see the Goldilocks picks in the Boosted Odds section. Yes, you get Boosted Odds with my Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to do, as we always seek to do, make money money. (laughs) And know this, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers. Place your first bet of up to $500, and if the bet loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win. A second chance to make money money. Uh, Join Crab Sports now with the promo code Galdi, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, Galdi. Uh, So CrabSports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI. And Sports is working in partnership with a fellow Maryland homegrown business, The Green Turtle. With its free-to-play game, you can win up to $25,000 three times per week. And the free-to-play game is completely free to play. Just submit your pick's For Thursday night football, Sunday football, and Monday night football, and depending on how many picks you get right, you will qualify for the $25,000, Green Turtle gift cards, and Crab Sports free bets. Crab Sports is awesome, and Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. We have arrived at week 12 of this 2023 college football season. Week 11 was a profitable week for Goldilocks, four and two. Let us see what we can do in this week 12. Goldilocks game number one, Maryland home to number three, Michigan. Saturday at noon, the Terrapins per Crab Sports plus 18 and a half. The spotlight will be shining bright in College Park, Maryland. Fox's big noon kickoff will be broadcasting live from College Park on Saturday. Uh, The Terps four-game losing streak mercifully did end last Saturday afternoon as uh, the Terps improved to six and four overall and three and four in the Big Ten with a 13-10 win at Nebraska. The Terps won on a walk-off field goal, a 24-yard field goal by kicker Jack Howes as time expired in the fourth quarter, a much-needed win for the Terps, who now are bowl eligible for a third consecutive season. First time since the 2006 through 2008 seasons that Maryland is bowl eligible in each of three consecutive seasons. But the Terps still are not in a great place. Uh, they won at Nebraska, despite scoring just 13 points, despite committing three second-half turnovers, and despite having 10 accepted penalties. To Nebraska's one, Uh, the Terps defense did play well. Five takeaways, including four interceptions. But now come the Michigan Wolverines, who are the number three team in the FBS for the latest college football playoff rankings. Uh, Michigan is 10-0 overall and 7-0 in the Big Ten. Uh, The Wolverines, as you may have heard, uh, are dealing with the suspension of head coach Jim Harbaugh by the Big Ten due to the sign-stealing controversy, but are coming off a 24-15 win at then number 10 Penn State last Saturday afternoon, a game in which the Wolverines went with a running play on each of their final 32 offensive plays of the game. Michigan is tremendous. The Wolverines for this season, as of games through Wednesday, were number two in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN and were number one in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. That's a pretty good combination. Number two in offense, number one in defense. Uh nothing as a Maryland fan as I am, as a Maryland grad as I am uh, has been more maddening with my school's football program than it routinely getting blasted by ranked Big 10 teams. Maryland since joining the Big 10 is 0 and 33 against ranked Big 10 teams. Yes, 0 and 33 and so many of those losses have been blowout losses. Uh, I hate to say it, but give me Michigan, minus 18 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Stoop Dog. Goldilocks game number two, James Madison, home to Appalachian State, Saturday afternoon at two. The Dukes for Crab Sports, minus eight and a half. ESPN's college game day will be in Harrisonburg, Virginia, on Saturday. Uh, this off the rather disappointing news on Wednesday evening, the news that the NCAA Division I Board Administration Committee had denied postseason waiver requests for the James Madison, Jacksonville State, and torleton State football programs. JMU was requesting that its transition from the FCS to the FBS be reduced from two years to one, but that request denied, and so there likely will be no bowl game for James Madison. Uh, now, James Madison could play in a bowl game at the end of the regular season. There are not enough 500 teams to fill the 82 spots for 41 bowl games, but James Madison also is not eligible to play in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, despite being the only team that is still unbeaten in Sunbelt Conference play this season. Uh, JMU is number 18 in the latest Associated Press. Top twenty-five bowl. Well, how ridiculous is that? JMU is number eighteen in the FBS, and yet is not eligible uh, to play in a bowl game unless, like I said, there are not enough five hundred teams to fill up all of the bowl game spots. Uh, the Dukes of JMU—they uh, improved to ten and zero overall with a forty-four-six win over UConn at Bridgeford Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia, last Saturday afternoon. JMU for this season as of games through Wednesday was number 26 in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. Duke's quarterback Jordan McLeod, he for this season as of games through Wednesday was number 18 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in ESPN's total QBR 75.8. The Appalachian State Mountaineers are 6 4 overall and 4 2 in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, They have won three consecutive games. App State is good offensively. Mountaineers quarterback Joey Aguilar, he for this season as of games through Wednesday, was number 25 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS and total QBR 72.8. This game is a battle of two of the better quarterbacks in the FBS, but JMU, to me, is a team on a mission. This stuff with the NCAA is giving the Dukes a real purpose. The Dukes are trying to stick it to the NCAA. Give me James Madison, minus eight and a half.
2: Make money, money, make money, money, money.
1: Goldilocks game number three, Liberty, home to UMass, Saturday afternoon at one. Uh, The Flames per Crab Sports, minus minus twenty-seven and a half. Quite the number. Uh, Liberty is number 25 in the latest Associated Press. Top 25 poll. The Flames improved to 10-0 overall with a 38-10 win over Old Dominion at Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia. Last Saturday afternoon. Liberty is legitimately one of the best offensive teams in the nation. The Flames for this season, as of games through Wednesday, were number 15 in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN. Flames quarterback Caden Salter, he for this season, as of games through Wednesday, was number nine among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR, 82.9, one spot ahead of USC's Caleb Williams, if you can believe that. Caleb Williams, the pride of Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C. The UMass Minutemen, uh, they are just 3-7 and seven overall, are coming off back-to-back wins, but UMass is one of the worst teams in the FBS. And uh, the Minutemen, uh, they will be the millisecond men at Liberty. Give me Liberty. Give me Liberty! Or give me death! No, just give me Liberty, minus 27 and a half.
4: Make money, money,
1: make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number four, Virginia Tech, home to NC State, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Hokies, per crab sports, minus two and a half. Tech is four and two. Since a one-and-three start, the Hokies improved to five-and-five overall and four-and-two in the ACC with a 48-22 win at Boston College last Saturday afternoon. A game in which Tech's offense was outstanding. The Hokies scored 48 points, the program's second-most points ever. In an ACC road game, the Hokies generated 600 total net yards of offense, marking the first time that the Hokies generated at least 600 total net yards of offense in a road game against a Power 5 conference team since September 1993. Uh, The Hokies averaged 8.33 yards per play. The Hokies went 7 of 15 on third downs. The Hokies officially had 51 carries for 363 yards and four touchdowns. The 363 total net rushing yards were Tech's most in a game since September 2009. Uh, Tech's only losses over its last six games have been to the two best teams in the ACC, Florida State and Louisville, and each game was a road game. So Tech against the non-elite of the ACC is doing well. Quarterback and Baylor transfer Kyron Drones, he is doing well. Uh, the NC State Wolf Pack is 7-3 and three overall and 4-2 and two in the ACC. The Pack has won three consecutive games, and the Pack is very good defensively. NC State for this season, as a games through Wednesday was number 21 in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. This game is a great test of how legit the Hokies offensive improvement is. Uh, This game also offers Tech a chance to do something that was far from a given at the beginning of this season, become bowl eligible. Uh, Also keep in mind that NC State's starting quarterback is the former Virginia quarterback, Brennan and Armstrong, uh, but he has not been good this season. He earlier this season got benched. Uh, give me Virginia Tech minus two and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number five: Virginia home to Duke Saturday afternoon at three. The Cavaliers for Crab Sports plus three and a half. Uh, the Cavs are coming off a mini bye week. They last played. Two Thursday nights ago, November 9th, uh, when the Cavs fell to 2-8 overall and 1-5 and in the ACC with a 31-24 loss at then number 11, Louisville. Wild game. Uh, the Wahoos trailed at the half 14-0. They then won the third quarter 21-0, but they then lost the fourth quarter 17-3. Who's uh, head coach Tony Elliott, he in a session with reporters this past Tuesday, did say that he expected the Who's QB1, the Monmouth transfer, Tony Musket, to be out for this game against Duke. Musket suffered an ankle injury in the Cavs' 45-17 loss to Georgia Tech at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia on November 4th. And so true freshman Anthony Calandria, uh, he is expected to get another start here in this game against Duke. Uh, Calandria was the who's starting quarterback for the loss at Louisville, and he did well. Uh, Calandria went 20-31 for 314 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He averaged 10.13 10.13 yards per pass attempt and 15.7 yards per completion. Those are excellent numbers. Uh, did take four sacks, did quarterback a UVA offense that went just 4 15 on um, third downs. But when you take out the four sacks that Calandria took, he had 10 carries for 109 yards. Anthony Calandria has real upside. Uh, The Duke Blue Devils are 6-4 overall, 3-3 in the ACC. They are just 2-4 since a 4-0 start, but their schedule over the last six games has been brutal. Duke this season has faced five nationally ranked opponents, the most that Duke has faced in a season since 1993. Uh, And how about this with Duke this season? Duke and USC, the only four-loss FBS teams for which each loss has come against a ranked opponent. Uh, the Blue Devils are coming off a 47-45 double overtime loss at then number 24, North Carolina, last Saturday night. Uh, the public is on Duke for this game at Virginia, with the idea presumably being the very few points that the Blue Devils are laying. Uh, that line does seem a bit too good to be true from a Duke perspective. Give me Virginia. Give me the fighting Calandrias, plus three and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. And Goldilocks game number six. Yes, we are six deep here on Goldilocks this week. Uh, Navy home to East Carolina Saturday at noon. The midshipman. Crab Sports minus two and a half. The Mids improved to four and five overall and three and three in the American Athletic Conference with a 31-6 win over UAB at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland last Saturday. Uh, the Mids threw three quarters, led 10-6, but the Mids then won the fourth quarter 21 nothing. A great bounce back by Navy uh, off Navy's terrible 32-18 loss at Temple on November 4th. Uh Navy head coach Brian Newberry, he for a second consecutive game started Xavier Arline at quarterback. Orline uh, is the fourth different starting quarterback for Navy this season, but he in this win over UAB played well. Orline 7 of 10 passing for 94 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He took one sack, a quarterback to Navy offense that went 6 of 12 on third downs and our line when you take out the one sack that he took had 18 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown and navy's defense was good uh the pirates of east carolina they are not good Uh, two and eight overall one and five in the aac although they are coming off a 22-7 win at Florida atlantic this past saturday but there are 133 teams in the fbs if you go by offensive efficiency for espn For this season, as of games through Wednesday, ECU was ranked 130th. Navy was ranked 131st. Uh, Neither team can be trusted offensively. But give me Navy, which hopefully has found a little something-something at quarterback. uh, Minus two and a half.
2: Make money, money, make money, money, money.
1: All right. So your Goldilocks for this very busy college football week 12, Michigan, minus 18 and a half. James Madison minus eight and a half, Liberty minus 27 and a half, Virginia Tech minus two and a half, Virginia plus three and a half, Navy minus two and a half. And don't forget, go to crabsports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code GALDI. Crab Sports is offering a five. hundred dollar first bet insurance promo for new customers. Place your first bet of up to five hundred dollars. And if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win. A second chance to make money money. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at AlGaldi. You can email me, the AlGaldi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 703. We'll have a lot for you on the commander's in-depth reaction to and analysis of Whatever happens in their game against the New York Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Also on Monday, show my thoughts on college football week 12, which includes 7 games for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region: Maryland home to number 3 Michigan Saturday at noon, Navy home to East Carolina Saturday at noon, James Madison home to Appalachian State Saturday afternoon at 2, Liberty home to UMass Saturday afternoon at 1, Virginia Tech home to NC State Saturday afternoon at 3:30, Virginia home to Duke. Saturday afternoon at 3 and Old Dominion at Georgia Southern Saturday evening at 6. And I on Monday's show will talk Capitals, Wizards, and college basketball. The Caps have one game this weekend, home to the Columbus Blue Jackets, Saturday night at 7.30. The Wizards have one game this weekend, home to the New York Knicks, Friday night at 7. And college basketball this weekend includes a big game for Maryland at number 21 Villanova, Friday night at 8.30 in the 2023 Gavitt Tip-Off Games. Georgetown has two games this weekend. Two games in what is known as the Georgetown MTE, as in the Georgetown Multi-Team Event. Uh, The Georgetown Multi-Team Event is happening at Capital One Arena. Hoyas versus Mount St. Mary's Saturday at noon and Hoyas versus American Sunday afternoon at 4.30. Also, James Madison, it is number 24 in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll. The Dukes host, Radford. Friday night at seven as part of the twenty twenty three Cancun Challenge, and Virginia Tech is home to Wofford Sunday evening at five. A loaded sports weekend. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Obviously, with the uh, trades that you made, the your uh you have some of your younger defensemen men are gonna have a
3: step. The up. trade that I made or the, the teammate. Yeah. Well,
2: maybe you did, I don't know. <laughs> um